0: And Welcome to the Good River Andy's season nine episode.
1: He's gone, he's gone already.
0: <laughs> Epis- episode <laughs> I'm basically I have a sense of humor of a newborn child. But
1: that's and perfect it, for me. If you just go at my,
0: me that's my from behind the microphone, <laughs> then it's enough. Uh, season nine, episode 17. My name 17. is Andy, ba- 17. And my name is Andy Balam, and this is Andy Cockerill. And the thing we're going to talk about this evening is...
1: Is a movie called Last Night in Soho.
0: A movie called Last Night in Soho, and based purely on the title, Mm -hmm. and not even having heard it until you just said it... Okay. I am thinking that this is an art house film set in Soho, obviously, um, and I'm thinking that there's a lot of glass and uh, lingering shots of like a a candle that you can see through some glass. Uh, you know, just a lot of time spent on that. Um, at the center of it, there's a story about um, a single young lady uh, who is kind of uh, thin and wafty. Uh, It's sad. It's a sad story. You don't really know what's going on, and then it ends eventually.
1: Hmm. No.
0: Right. Is it nothing like that?
1: Well, no.
0: I feel like I've had had some kind of dream, and I just um. It does feature a a single young lady,
1: though. Yeah.
0: Right. I mean, that's if I was cold reading, then that would be (laughs) I would be marking that as a success.
1: Indeed, but. We'll we'll move on with that in a minute, but I just got, I've got a couple of bits of any other business.
0: Mm-hmm. And I have to warn you before um, yes. we start that I'm uh, I'm having I'm struggling with today. Oh really? Uh, I'm it's... slightly frazzled. Like I've been oh. working very hard, and then today I installed just in the gap between tea and recording, I installed a Terraria server on an Azure machine <laughs> that for wow. my son. Because he wants Terraria, and then I started trying to install Linux on my other son's new, brand new laptop, and that didn't work. Oh dear! Uh, because the Windows partition wouldn't resize, so oh, I'm heck. generally I'm, fra- I'm a bit frazzled. It sounds so, like you
1: maybe took on too much between tea time yeah. and now. Yeah,
0: so we, I mean, we could yeah. go, we could end up anywhere, listener. So you know, okay. if you like that kind of thing, so keep listening. If it's going to stress you out, you know, <laughs> try just try a different episode.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, okay so a couple of bits of any other business we haven't done one of these for a while Mm -hmm. Um, we were scheduled to do one a couple of weeks ago when it was stupidly hot but Mm. I basically would have melted in the office here um, if we'd done that so uh, and nobody wants to hear about me melting uh, on a (laughs) podcast it would not have been pleasant Uh, but yeah a couple of bits of any other business a couple of actors have died recently Um, first one James Kahn Okay. Uh, Jewish, American actor, gruff, rough, tough-looking guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably most famous for playing um, Sonny Corleone in The Godfather, and also The Godfather Part Two.
0: Which Corleone is, is that?
1: He's the one that gets killed in a hail of bullets. He's the one with a really short fuse, who um, hears about his sister being knocked around by her husband and decides to go and do something about is it.
0: He, is he one of the main brothers, kind of Yes. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay.
1: Yeah. okay. Um, incredible screen presence. Right. Uh, did a lot of stuff during the 70s, kind of faded a bit in the 80s, but in the 70s, as a sort of rundown. He was in Funny Girl with Barbara Streisand, um, Rollerball, which is a favourite of mine from that era. I think I might have heard of it. A Bridge Too Far which is uh, all about the Arnhem uh, the, the thing to try and capture the bridges in um, the Netherlands during the Second World War, which right, okay. Um And then in the 80s, uh, probably his – oh, no, sorry, 1990, uh, Misery, one, right. of, one of my favourite performances of his, where he famously plays a quite submissive – man who gets captured by his number one fan mm-hmm. um, and then has to write a new book in order to appease this absolutely psychotic woman who mm-hmm. is, is absolutely um, beside herself that he's killed off her favourite character in right, his book right, right. and uh, when he says to her but we'll still have her in spirit and she says I don't want her effing spirit <laughs> I want her back kind of thing so mm-hmm. um, his, his performance in that is really great he's also good in Dogville with Nicole Kidman right in a brief short role Um, but yeah hasn't done a whole lot lately but his interview with uh, Mark Maron on his podcast is very good you know he okay. talks about his whole career and right. um, uh, the other person is an actor who was in The Sopranos Mm-hmm. Um, and also many other things, but Tony Sirico, who played Paulie Walnuts, who was the dude with the black hair with the white stuff on the side, the yeah. one of Tony's henchmen. Basically. Yeah,
0: like major, major. Like, yeah, major, major, yeah. major guy.
1: Yeah. So he, um, he had quite an interesting life before he was an actor. So he was, uh, he got arrested twenty eight times.
0: Wow. <laughs> Yes. This was all, befo- all before or during as well?
1: All before right, taking okay. up acting. Okay. Um, so he'd lived the life, basically. Yeah. He was a bit of a wise guy. Right. And he was, he was sleeping on his mother's floor when uh, the call came through that they wanted him in the show. So he did, he did go and audition for it. Wow. Um, and he, ba- he was basically, you know, almost down and out by the time this arrived. And then that obviously gave him a lifeline for quite a long time, which is quite a big deal. Oh. Yeah, very, so he very Must have had died. an interest
0: in acting. Yeah. Or something. Yeah.
1: Well I think you know, also James Kahn, who came from quite a tough background, uh, in the Bronx, he saw acting as a way to get out and mm-hmm. do something mm-hmm. completely different. So so kind of similar in background and also um, both James Kahn and Tony Sirico Were always themselves in the roles that they played, Mm -hmm. and always brought a lot of their life to the roles. So, Mm. um, and and luckily, what they bring to it is really interesting, and Mm. uh, you know, and cool. So, yeah, a couple of folks who've died recently, we'll pour one out for them if we drank, which we don't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I'm considering a tiny bit of drinking in, in my future. What? I'm I'm feeling better since I stopped eating yoghurt. Ah. I wouldn't say that I'm completely well, but I would say that there's been a significant improvement...
1: That's interesting.
0: ...since I stopped eating yoghurt.
1: So is it all dairy, or is it just yoghurt that's causing you issues?
0: Well, I wasn't eating much dairy other than yoghurt anyway. I I was eating a lot of yoghurt. Right. Like, every day, without fail... I was eating a fairly large bowl of natural yogurt Um, because I liked it and because I thought it was helping with my stomach problems. Mm. But actually, it was making it worse. Worse, yeah. So, listener, if you've got a long-standing problem that you can't diagnose... Just let us know. It doesn't... uh, I'd kind of (laughs) given up and decided that it was just psychological and I was going to have to live with it. And there's obviously a significant element of that, but um, it turns out there was also a specific thing that I could just discover that made it a lot better.
1: That's interesting. So, well, hopefully, hopefully that is the case.
0: I haven't drunk any alcohol for a long
1: time. Really? That's not because I don't like it or I'm stopped because of health reasons. I just went off it completely. Right. And I just can't really, I just think, should I have one? No,
0: I just can't be bothered. Okay, so. well, that's a good choice. Yeah. No, yeah, no downsides.
1: No, no downsides at all. No, no hangovers. I um,
0: I I stop coffee, and I do feel a bit released from that. Like I sometimes I want, I want to have the the nice feeling of drinking coffee with caffeine. I drink coffee without caffeine sometimes. But the, but the caffeinated,
1: um, the decaffeinated, still does have trace elements. Caffeine it Does have some it. caffeine? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but a small amount. But um, yeah, I I. I feel f- quite freed from having to get a drink before a certain time in the morning. Otherwise, I'm just going to feel yeah. terrible all day. Yeah, and I just don't have that anymore. That's good. So I can just you know have a drink later on if I feel like it. That's pretty good. That's that, good. that is good. <laughs> yeah, that is good. So I don't think I've got any inclination to get back onto. So uh, dietary information here on the Good Robot <laughs> and is
1: of course free of charge. Yeah, but I mean, your the mileage whole thing may is free vary. Of charge.
0: And you see, it's not just free of charge, it's free as in freedom, by which I mean, like our whole show and everything to do with it, really, is available under the attribution share alike license. Oh, it is, yeah. Is a that's creative right. Commons license. So not only is it free of charge, you can also remix it, use it for what, your own creations, as long as you license them under the same Creative Commons attribution share alike license. You, look, you, you seem to be yawning, Andy. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. I'm also tired. I'm trying to keep the energy level up but it's I'm struggling. <laughs> Maybe I should
0: get some caffeine. So, I mean it's weird. I I I was expecting quite a lot of remixes of our podcast waka waka to be all uploaded that. all over the internet. Mm-hmm. And weirdly I haven't seen any yet. But um anyway, you that's allowed to the fact
1: that. we don't have any listeners.
0: It could be that <laughs> our one listener is not into remixes. <laughs> but yeah, so you know if you feel like doing that, listener, um, you know, you can just to make me feel good. Yeah. I'm expecting some kind of, um, I don't know, some kind of thrash metal, but with our <laughs> voices. <laughs> Whoa! Ah, oh, no, yeah, okay. Uh, after we talk about the
1: movie, I've got something to tell this, tell okay. listener and you okay. about. But let's okay. crack on with the film. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. So, last night in Soho, or mm-hmm. Soho as it's known, is mm. a 2021. British psychological horror film. Okay. Directed by Edgar Wright. Oh, okay. Returning director, actually. So we talked about Baby Driver long yes. time ago now. 2017, that was, I think. And
0: I'm a, I'm a fan of Edgar Wright because he made Spaced.
1: Yes, love Spaced. It's terrific,
0: yeah. Yes, and of course... Um, uh, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead,
1: I'm, I need to rewatch Hot Fuzz because everybody mm. I talk to about it says, "Oh, it's so good," and I, I don't remember mm. it being all that it's good. Not, it's not good. No, but I need to rewatch it and just confirm whether it is any good or not. It's not. No, I know, but <laughs> I feel like I should rewatch it. Fine. I mean, feel free. Anyway, yeah. I'm not saying so, you shouldn't. <laughs> so this film stars uh, Thomasin McKenzie, a returning actor for this okay. podcast. From what? From um, Leave No Trace, mm-hmm. and Oh Jojo Rabbit.
0: Ah Jojo Ah. Oh. Mm. Yep. Later. I'll talk about talk about that later. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, Anya Taylor Joy, another returning person who was in the V-v-vitch. Mm-hmm. That was a while ago. Um, Matt Smith, who I don't think we've talked about before, former Doctor Who. Richard right. Tushingham, who is a bit of a legendary actor who hasn't done a great deal lately uh also terence stamp who i'd say is probably in the same sort of camp uh mm. and diana Rigg, who sadly died a couple of years ago but another legend of mm. british tv and film um it marks the final film appearances of rig and margaret nolan who both died in 2020 mm. uh it premiered at the 78th venice film festival had its UK premiere in on the 9th of October 2021 at the BFI London Film Festival. And it was nominated for two BAFTAs, including Outstanding British Film and Best Sound. Um, it was praised, but did very poorly at the box office. Okay. So it didn't make its money back.
0: Okay, I'll be looking for an explanation of that from you later.
1: Yes, well, I'll give you one. I can give you one now, I think. I think... Its October 2021 release was probably a contributing factor. Right. Um, in that this is not a typical Edgar Wright uh, picture. It's, okay. c- it's a psychological horror film. So with I would say
0: ov- a typical Edgar Wright film is that one, with, which is the name of a, a computer game character. Oh. What's it called? Oh, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Yes, that would be how I would think of. That would be like core Edgar Wright.
1: Yeah, so this is not like
0: that. And this is like the opposite of that.
1: This is, I'd say, his probably his most grown-up film. Right. In terms of um, content and subject matter, it's pretty right. grown-up, and I, you okay. know, even things like Baby Driver. Yeah. It you know it's basically a heist movie, but it's yeah. pretty light-hearted. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah, definitely for most of it. Um. So, let's let's have a rundown. So, can I can
0: I admit to yes. a mild disappointment with Baby Driver? Yes, you can. Yes. You, I think you made me very very excited about it.
1: I think I did. And yeah, then I did because I really like it.
0: I thought it was good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think it's great. But good. It's good and great. Yeah. 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 Um. So Eloise Ellie Turner, who is played by Thomas and McKenzie. Loves the music and fashion of the swinging 60s. Shows she is uh, in the present day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she dreams of becoming a fashion designer. Her mother, also a fashion designer, killed herself in her childhood. Mm -hmm. So Ellie was raised by her maternal grandmother, and she occasionally sees her mother's ghost in mirrors. So her mother's ghost is played by Anya Taylor-Joy. Okay. When she
0: sees it early on, is it non-scary? Non-scary,
1: yes. Okay, okay. Um, And that night she has a vivid... uh, Okay, so she moves from her rural home in Redruth, Cornwall, so very, very rural, Mm -hmm. to study at the London College of Fashion, right? where she has trouble fitting in. She finds everybody quite irritating and... um, Obnoxious. Up themselves and obnoxious, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And she's quite genuine and open, and they just kind of prey on that, basically. Mm-hmm. But her teacher is is very supportive of her mm-hmm. and kind of protects her from the awfulness that's going on around her. Okay. Um, unhappy in her dormitory, she moves into a bedsit owned by the elderly Ms. Collins, uh, who is played by Diana Rigg. Mm-hmm. Um, but that night... Ellie has a vivid dream where she is transported back to the 1960s. (laughs) And at the Café de Paris, she observes a confident young blonde woman, Sandy, who is played by Anya Taylor-Joy, inquire about becoming a singer at the club. And Sandy begins a relationship with a charming teddy boy named Jack, who is played by Matt Smith. And he's pretty charming, but also sinister in the way that Matt Smith, I think, does that. Okay. Really well. Okay. Um, and the next morning, Ellie designs a dress inspired by Sandy and discovers a love bite on her neck—or a hickey, for our American listeners, if there are <laughs> any. So it appears that maybe something did happen in the dream. In the dream,
0: yes, mm-hmm. that's right. So in the uh, dream, is she? Is, is it from the point of view of Sandy, or yes, yes.
1: It's And the dream states are really interesting. they're really um intoxicating
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and incredibly well done, but you feel mm-hmm. very discombobulated by it. Mm-hmm. Um, very well shot okay. almost there's a lot of um, Danny Boyle energy in this film. does that, okay. does that make sense? Yeah So Danny Boyle very rarely lets the camera sit still. Mm. You know, it's constantly moving around. I think, you know, he creates energy by editing and moving the camera around. Mm. And there's a lot of that in this film. So it, okay. it and I suppose Edgar Wright does do that to a certain extent. I think spaced, um, there's a lot of fast cutting yeah, and a lot sort of of pop editing in space. So there's a lot of that going on here too. What do you paint? Fear. <laughs> I do anger. Anger. <laughs> She then has another dream in which Sandy successfully auditions at a Soho nightclub arranged by Jack before returning to the same bedsit that Ellie has rented. So there's a connection going on
0: here. Oh, okay, okay. so yeah. how in the dream she goes to the bedsit that she's actually living yes. in? Okay.
1: Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, she then dyes her hair blonde, changes her right. fashion style to match Sandy's and oh. gets a job at a pub in Soho. So she's
0: leaning in to this yeah she's
1: really leaning into it yeah <laughs> uh she obs- she is observed by a silver-haired man uh who is played by parent stamp who recognizes her similarities to sandy right which is interesting so maybe he was there back in the 60s yeah and maybe what she's seeing is not like a dream but maybe it's like stuff that actually happened mm-hmm but in her waking life, she is disturbed by increasingly menacing apparitions that resemble Jack and the men who exploited and used Sandy. Okay. Um, after she has a vision of Jack murdering Sandy, she decides to track down the silver-haired man who she believes is Jack, but he is not. He is, in fact, a police officer, a retired police officer. Okay. Who turns up in the past, played by a different actor. Okay. Sam Claffin, in fact, plays this young version of Terence Stamp's character.
0: There will be spoilers, by the way, listener. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: We're going spoilerific.
0: Um, Always spoilers on this podcast.
1: Yes. So we then see um, more dreams. I'm trying not to go too deep into it, actually, but um, more dreams. There's a scuffle um, and. Uh, John who is in the present day who is a friend of hers from the fashion um, place where she's studying Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. comes to help her uh, as her place burns down basically and sometime later Ellie enjoys success as her designs are showcased at her end of year fashion show which is very cool
0: so how did her her bed set end up burning down so
1: all kinds of
0: stuff went
1: down there um so these, like, apparitions from the past came to haunt her. Mm-hmm. And she realised that um, Sandy has a link to her family. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, Sandy is, um, is Diana Rigg. So Diana Rigg is the landlady of the bed set. Right. Right, right, right. And, and Sandy, uh, Anya Teller-Joy, plays a younger version of her from the okay, 1960s. Okay, okay. Uh, and basically Diana Rigg goes a bit loopy and decides right. to burn the place down. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of horror movie style face-off mm-hmm. at the end. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty powerful stuff. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Dinerick stays in the building as it burns down.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, at the end of it, Ellie sees her mother's spirit in a mirror, then a vision of Sandy who waves at her and blows her a kiss. So, it's good stuff this, it's, um, I can see why it wasn't successful, I think that if you were, if you were going for another Baby Driver, or a Shaun of the Dead Part 2, or something like that from Edgar Wright, then you'd be disappointed, Okay, because this is pretty grown up stuff, mm-hmm. um, it's also very much a horror movie, mm-hmm. a psychological horror, and then towards the end does get into like physical nastiness of horror as well, mm-hmm. like you know, burning people and that kind of thing. Um, but the casting's really great. The production values are fantastic. Just seeing, trying to see who shot it. Chung Hoon Chung, who I'm not familiar with. So going to see what he shot before. Oh, he's done movies with Park Chan-wook. Oh, but he shot *Me and Earl and the Dying Girl.
0: Oh, we've had that on this podcast, haven't we?
1: Uh yes, we did talk about that on this. Um he also shot uncharted the movie which I really enjoyed. I'll talk about that later in the podcast actually. Okay. Which is a video game adaptation. Okay. And also the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show.
0: Oh, I watched a fair bit of that. That's so surprising- we can talk about that entertaining.
1: Yes, it was, wasn't it? Um uh, so yeah, I really enjoyed last night in Soho. Right. I thought that it was a solid
0: psychological horror movie. And what does it mean? What does it mean? Um, what does you it mean? I know you're going to get this question from me.
1: Yes, I know. And I'm, I'm kind of nonplussed at the moment. What does it mean? Um, I think it means that when you are drawn to somewhere, in in movie logic, when you are drawn to somewhere, then there's a there's a meaning behind it and you should follow what it is to try and figure out what's going on and that that's basically what it is but in terms of like real life i'm not sure it means anything
0: you don't think it means really. something about the trauma like it sounds like sandy went through trauma
1: yeah actually no that's true she did go through trauma and she's seeking to maybe reconcile that in quite a violent way by burning a house Visit it,
0: Visit it on other people.
1: On other people, yeah. So, yes. Uh, an un... Uh, what What's the word I'm thinking of? A trauma that has not been reckoned with at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hasn't been dealt with. Mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. coming back to haunt several okay. people. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's what it's about.
0: Yeah. I feel like... I feel like a film like this is going to have quite a specific meaning in the minds of the writer or the director yeah. or someone. Yeah. And so I'm curious whether that maybe a listener can let us know if they think
1: Maybe this. that, yeah. Maybe so.
0: Uh, but I did enjoy it. Cool. Uh, lots and, of energy. Right, okay. I mean, I can imagine that from Edgar Right. What makes you say it's grown up? It deals with some grown-up themes. So
1: it deals with... Um, a sexual assault mm-hmm. and psychological trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say there are two things that Edgar Wright's never explored mm-hmm. before in a mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. And he explores them in a very grown-up way. And it doesn't and have he doesn't a jokey
0: feel or a no. feel.
1: No, so that's where it's very different like to his, his previous stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's not winking at you. It doesn't have Simon Pegg coming on and yeah. talking pop pop culture stuff <laughs> at you, oh. that kind of thing. Remind yeah. me
0: to talk about Simon Pegg later as well. Ah.
1: Oh. Uh, So, yeah, it's good stuff. But it didn't make its budget back. It cost 43 million and took 23 million at the box office, which is not good. So what's that
0: going to do for Edgar Wright's career? It's a good question, actually. I mean, he's probably got enough successes behind him.
1: I think, yeah. I think he's got enough in the favour bank, which is a phrase from the book, the bonfire of the vanities. (laughs) <laughs> In which a police officer refers to the favor bank as something that you pay into right. and then you can take out of it at some point when you need something back mm-hmm. uh, so I think I think Wright has enough of that to mm-hmm. make mm-hmm. more movies without any problems at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if it was a woman who done it, then probably not <laughs> mm-hmm. but because he's a you know well educated and very well connected man, he'll get another chance.
0: yeah cool yeah well that's depressed me a bit
1: okay well um, actually we can talk what should we talk next should we talk Obi-Wan Kenobi okay yeah
0: Yeah. what did you think well so I only watched some of it because one of my kids was watching it Um, it seemed fine like I was expecting to have to tolerate it and I didn't have to tolerate it. I like the fact that it was going up, going on on my screen, didn't irritate me very much. Um, all this Star Wars stuff is just kids. It's just kids stuff. Yeah, yeah. And but like, it's entertaining kids stuff. Kid kids stuff annoys me because it doesn't get into anything. Yeah, proper. it's
1: an, it's a bit surface, isn't it? I I think. <clears throat> what I enjoyed about it was that Ewan McGregor managed to not look like a plank of wood whilst he was yes. acting.
0: I mean, he. I thought he performed 20 times better yes, than he did absolutely. In, the, in the prequels. Yes,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Like just at the normal level you'd expect from Ewan McGregor.
1: It just shows you what a decent script and maybe a little bit of direction can do for you.
0: <clears throat> yeah. and I was interested that they managed to fit the storyline in without it jarring. Like they've got a period of time where they can... They can make a bit up without it being too jarring.
1: Yeah, and they've got more time to play with as well if they want it. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> um, you know, I I really liked uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. I thought it was it was a satisfying coda to that character's arc. Right. Um, because God, his performances in the prequels are dreadful. Yeah, really dreadful.
0: I thought the voice that he was doing. Was fine as well.
1: Yeah, it was less... Much less irritating. Uh, less forced
0: than it was before. Yeah.
1: yeah. So,
0: yeah, enjoyed that. Enjoyed that a lot. It was okay. Yeah, I was, I was really shocked that Darth Vader was in it, because it made me realise that Darth Vader wasn't, hasn't really been covered as a character at all. He, like, I just kind of thought that he was covered in the original films, mm. but he's just he just strides around... Being he strides around
1: pointing his finger at people and choking them.
0: Yeah so actually there is space there for <clears throat> yeah. like a little bit of development of how he how he became the person you see. Yeah I
1: mean even his amazing performance in Rogue One, which is very short but very impactful, um, isn't much really, yeah. but yeah. does seek to to kind of redeem the character from where it ended at the end of the prequel trilogy yeah dreadful so yeah Obi-Wan Kenobi what else oh yeah I'll talk about the Uncharted movie so this is something that I was intrigued by because it got really good reviews and from like cinema goers didn't get great Mm -hmm. reviews from critics but got really good reviews from cinema goers so I was thinking okay maybe there's something there watched it and found it to be A really nice, breezy take on an Indiana Jones slash National Treasure. don't know if if you've seen those movies with Nicolas Cage.
0: Uh, I don't think I have. Okay.
1: So, uh, Nicolas Horseface Cage made a couple of movies called (laughs) National Treasure. National Treasure Book of Secrets, I think, which are kind of... um, Well, they're kind of Indy Jones, updated to the present Mm. day, when Mm. it was like the 1990s. Um, And it's a bit like that. And it's got Tom Holland and Marky Mark Wahlberg and a bunch of other people <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. It's bright okay. and breezy and you won't remember much of it mm-hmm. but boy have they spent a lot of money on it and boy does it show. <laughs> uh, it's good. Uncharted. Yeah, those I was games really I've never
0: been particularly interested in the games I've kind of just seen them around. I think they're like open world you're on yeah. a horse type.
1: Yes, that sounds about right. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I'm not interested in them at all, but the movie's you oh, know Yeah, cool. Undemanding, but not yep. bad. Right, basically. Right, right. Yeah. Not terrible. Um what else? There was something that you wanted to talk about. Simon Pegg. I yes. think there was
0: something else as well. So so we've watched a couple of episodes of The Undeclared War. Ah, yes, we're watching that too. On channel four. Yep. Um free to free to watch in the UK with adverts. Yep. Um and I think I would keep watching it, but the wife has, as as with so many things, next she's next. put a stop to it. Yes, <laughs> um, it's a bit weak, but the the computer stuff is pretty good. It is pretty good, except, isn't it? Except, except yeah. like several times an episode, they slip into metaphor land, yeah, where she's. She's doing something on a computer, so they demonstrate a bit like what it's like by doing like a dream <laughs> world where she's like, like a matrix climbing up a wall yeah. or trying to pick a lock or something. And it's really not good. They should not have done that. Yeah. Um So th- so that's terrible, but the um the the actual computer stuff they're doing is actually quite good. Uh, like they're they're using real programs and things that you would use for for what they're doing, um, some of the time at least. Um, the emotional storyline is a bit manipulative, yeah, um, and simplistic, but you know it, it's sort of you know it gives a bit of emotional content to it. So I, so I would sort of I would want to watch it. But anyway, point about all this is that's all yes. backstory to say. The best character in it, I think, so far, and I haven't—I've only watched two episodes, so I'm not spoiling anything—is um, Simon Pegg as the kind of nice, friendly. Yeah, it's like boss. a middle manager, isn't he at GCHQ? Yeah, he's like the boss of her department at GCHQ, yeah. and uh, like he's really nice. And I think maybe he's going to turn out to be a baddie.
1: I think he's a bad one. So. <clears throat> No spoilers here, but I think there's two people who could be baddens Him and the woman from the NSA is the other yeah. one.
0: And which is it? Is she going to be the ally and he going to be the baddie? I think
1: maybe, but one of them is working for the FSB, 100%. Right, right, right. right, right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know so which be, one yet. I would be really sad if Simon Pegg was a baddie, but, it, <laughs> but that in itself would be a good a good thing so i have um, a thing about this show that's a bit of a bee in my bonnet so 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 just to finish i think he's really good in it really likeable and and totally not simon peggish so
1: yeah he's not no that's right also mark rylance is in it who's basically playing the same character he did in ready player one
0: who's that if you've seen that mark rylance
1: is like the old guy that she meets who's been around for years and years and Got oh, loads of was, stolen kit in his house. He was
0: reminding me of Ready Player One. Is it the no, same? It's the same actor. <laughs> I was thinking he's just doing an impression of that bloke out of Ready
1: Player One. No, but well, that's the way no. Mike Rollins does stuff. He sort of puts a bit okay. of a twist on a previous role. And okay, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So I have a bit of a bee in my bonnet about this mm-hmm. show, and mm. that is that some of the ADR, so additional dialogue recording, and also sound effect recording, is right. a bit heavy-handed. Right, so it just sounds like, uh, particularly the stuff in GC, because they shot in GCHQ. Oh,
0: really? Yeah.
1: Nice. Um, and obviously, it's a noisy background, mm-hmm. so they've mm-hmm. shot it and then they've re-recorded everything. And right. it's a bit okay. heavy-handed. It's a bit like there's somebody walking along in the background. I'm putting my cup of tea down, and this kind of thing. And it, <laughs> no, it might be because of my audio <laughs> setup isn't very good, but I've never heard anything quite like this. <laughs>
0: I would say the whole the whole show is a bit heavy-handed. It is a
1: bit, but I am engaged with it, and I I right. enjoyed the episode uh, where they did the backstory of the Russian hacker, which I thought was very credible.
0: Well, I really have seen that. So you haven't seen that a bit one yet.
1: So that's very good. Yeah, right. it's very, very good. Okay. Um. So, yes, yeah, good stuff.
0: So, The Undeclared War, it's sort of at least worth watch- watching for curiosity value.
1: Yes, if you can get Give past me. the noisy ADR. <laughs> That's Over-enthusiastic, I'd say, is what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. What else
1: are you watching at the moment?
0: Uh, quite a lot of uh, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt.
1: Ah, good, yes. Uh,
0: Which continues to mildly irritate me. <laughs>
1: but not enough but for I, you to switch off.
0: I like Kimmy a lot.
1: Yeah, she's good, isn't she?
0: Um, but her friend Titus Andromedon, Andromedon yeah, he, Andromedon, that's him, yeah, is a little bit <laughs> in your face stereotype, yeah. um, He is a like bit, I know yeah. he's supposed to be and whatever. And I like, love the landlady,
1: I th- just think she's yeah, she's good, she's absolute good. scream of a woman. So, but yeah,
0: funny. I, I'm not really sure what it's doing as a show, like it seems like an old fashioned, yeah, sitcom. Yeah, it's definitely a sitcom. But an old-fashioned sitcom. Right. It doesn't feel like it's going to have much of a storyline.
1: No, that's fair. Yeah. It does it's kind of bumble along milk, a little bit.
0: Yeah. It's just going to milk the, the the little things about it for as long as it can. Yep. And there's but occasional
1: Kimi, guest appearances by John Hamm, who is always welcome. Yeah.
0: He's but yeah, funny. I think the main character, Kimmy, I totally buy that she is unbreakable. And <laughs> I find her very, very likable.
1: Yeah, she is very likable. Yeah. She is good. So, yeah, a bit of that. We've
0: nearly finished Stranger Things. Okay. I've I've watched like half of one episode. Right. Yeah, so we've nearly finished it. that. We're really enjoying that. I, I kind of wish I did, because everyone gets a lot out of it.
1: Oh, and we finished Castle Rock.
0: Okay, what's that?
1: Oh, It was a, a show on... Oh, I can't remember what channel it was on. Uh, but it, you would have seen it on Sky or Now TV over here. But <clears throat> right. it was... Uh, a bad robot production in cooperation with Stephen King. So Castle Mm. Rock is a town that features in a lot of Stephen King stories.
0: Oh, oh, was this the one that you said was like a Stephen King story that never was? Yes. right. right. It was
1: so boring. You know, it (laughs) had like... The first two episodes were... You know, they had potential. Then it just coasted for like 10 episodes. Gave you Mm. nothing whatsoever. It put an actor... They put actors in it who were pretty decent, and just gave them nothing to do, and then right. didn't really resolve itself in a particularly interesting way. There's a second series to watch, and we're honestly thinking,
0: no, just can't be bothered uh, with it. It was it.
1: really disappointing.
0: I tell you what, I have been watching uh, late, very, very late to the party. I've been watching Breaking Bad. Ah, oh, yes. This is without the wife uh, at, at night when, when occasion arises, and uh, it's that's um, good. It's really, really good. It is really good. But it, it? I find it really stressful. So every time when I sit down to watch an episode, I have to sort of coach myself and say, this is like it's a okay. cartoon. <laughs> yes. It's not It's not your life. You're not the main character. You don't need to identify yourself completely with him. <laughs> and imagine what it would be like if you had just murdered two people and now you were trying to bury their bodies or whatever. Because yep. you haven't actually done that. It's just a story. It is stressful stuff, yeah. I think...
1: What it does, though, is it that character Walter White, who starts out, you know, fairly righteous, mm-hmm. and just gradually gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, until yeah. he is basically just the worst person you could possibly imagine.
0: I mean, he's pretty. I've been I've been noticing the terrible decisions he makes all the time. Like oh, awful
1: decisions! Yeah,
0: like you want to simplify him. You want to understand why he's doing this and it and it it come it quickly comes down to pride, and then you feel like, but well, you know like it's, it's you know sometimes it's okay to have pride kind of thing, <laughs> but but like you say, it just gets worse and worse and you can less and less uh justify yes, absolutely what he's doing.
1: um the the spin off of that, which is called better call Saul.
0: yeah, so the episode I just watched, of oh Breaking they introduced Bad, Saul. yeah, they introduced. Better Call Saul and I thought, okay, now I know what that so a little bit of what that spin off is going to be like.
1: Yes. Bob Odenkirk plays this extremely shady um lawyer. hmm Who's very um I'm putting it mildly. He's very <laughs> extremely, yeah, very shady lawyer. Who's works for various shady people. Um and Have you yeah, watched yeah, Better Call Saul is the spin off of that, which goes into his backstory.
0: Have you watched any of it?
1: Yes, I'm still on series one, and it's a very slow burn. Oh, right, right. A very they're, they're slow They're milking burn. it for all they can... Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But uh, it is very good. I mean, he's just so watchable because, right. you know, it's Bob Odenkirk funny. has a... I didn't know a lot about him, actually, but he's done Saturday Night Live, and he's primarily known as being a comedian. Okay. Uh, and that was his first his first dramatic role, and he's got this presence about him that many comedians do. Right, well, you don't really know where it's going, kind of thing. Uh, he's got this energy about him that's really interesting.
0: Right, 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 I'm just looking at where, where I've got to out of the total number of um, episodes of Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. So the episode I've watched, Better Call, Better Call Saul, is is season two, episode eight.
1: Right. Okay. So you've got a way to go,
0: which is there are five seasons. Five, five seasons.
1: seasons. Yeah. Actually, the um the follow up, the sp- not. Yeah, so Jesse has a follow-up story called El Camino, mm-hmm. which is Isn't there a spin-off
0: called El Camino as well?
1: It's just a one-off.
0: Oh, it's a one-off. Yeah, that's really good.
1: But you should watch that after you've watched Breaking Bad.
0: Okay, okay. So yeah. is that it's, what you're talking about? The- no,
1: I am talking. I was talking about Better Call Saul. Then I said there's another spin-off called El Camino, which is fantastic.
0: All right, so I thought you were saying it was an episode. But okay, that's yeah. another oh, it's spin-off. it's really, okay. really good.
1: Definitely right, right, right. worth watching after you finish watching the main. Oh, series. Jesse,
0: as in his friend? Yes. Right, right, right,
1: right. Yes.
0: Yeah. So, I'm really, really enjoying it, and I think the way it deals with cancer and stuff like that um, is—it uh, approaches it all
1: head on, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, very. It doesn't head hide on. away from any of
0: it. And it doesn't. It's not disrespectful. Like I no. say, I say it's a, it's a, it's Cartini. But like I say, it's a cartoon that I have to keep reminding myself that it's a cartoon, it's a cartoon
1: yes. Um Yeah, I had it, I had trouble when I watched the first series of really disengaging from the yeah. cancer storyline.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. But
1: yeah. when I picked it up a few years later, it was easier to watch. Right, right. For right, sure. Yeah. Um I
0: mean it is yeah. It is um extremely painful subject for a lot of us.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Um and yeah they, like even though like it's a tool that they're using in the writing to mm. drive the character uh it's also like fairly reflective of the kind of experience and feelings of people yes going through things like that so
1: yeah. i can tell you what i, I finished thought. recently is uh-huh. foundation right the first series of foundation which right? is a which centuries is- spanning series it's
0: one one of my most loved books as a young person
1: I think for many people who love sci-fi foundation is like a touchstone isn't it yeah yeah, it's really important um, I enjoyed it actually it's, the casting's good I think they deal with um, the stuff that Asimov wasn't terribly good at writing female characters
0: yep or even bothering <laughs> or even bothering <laughs> to include them
1: <laughs> yes uh, so I think they gender swap a few roles in it to give okay you know, to give balance and okay. um the casting's very good. Uh, and I liked it. I, it. It makes it, I'd say, more modern. Right. So it's more like stuff like Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. Not wobbly cam so much, but in terms of like the way it looks, it's very relatable for modern sci-fi, okay. Okay. which is a good thing.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it's
1: still epic in its scope, and
0: I'm, quite, I'm pretty yeah. excited. So what, is it, what does it cover? Is, is it the first book in the first series? Or?
1: I don't know, actually, because I haven't read the books. Okay, okay.
0: does is there a crisis? Yes. In which Harry Seldon appears? Yes. And is there only one of those?
1: Uh, one crisis? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So and that I crisis would probably
1: is that something gets destroyed... In an act of terrorism, basically. Okay. And Seldon, not... uh, you know, the brothers, the brothers, dawn, day, and night, they're used to everything being in its place and them knowing how everything's going to pan out. And Seldon says, The empire's going to collapse, but I've got the way that we can mitigate it. But, but they don't believe him. Okay. Um, and he's played by Seldon is played
0: by Jared Harris. Okay, so when I said uh, Seldon appears, is he still alive then in uh spoilers
1: for a listener. <laughs> Mind you if they read the book it doesn't matter. I mean, uh, no. I mean so like is,
0: it, is it around his
1: lifetime or is it He dies of years quite later? soon into the into the series.
0: Like, okay, good. Okay. So I it sounds like like it sounds like it's probably quite different from the book, but it also sounds okay. like probably that series covers the first book.
1: But then appears later on as like a holographic. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah. So that's the the pattern of the good foundation books, and not all of them are good, is that right. something, some crisis happens and it turns out, two things turn out. Number one. There was really nothing that the leader needed to do. They just needed to wait because yes. Harry Seldon and the, the plan had already set everything up to work out. Mm-hmm. But secondly, Harry Seldon appears and explains all this to them just after it's all resolved. Yeah. Um, it's cool.
1: And there's a very cool spacecraft in the latter part of the show which has interiors and exteriors that are very reminiscent of Event Horizon. Right. Which I enjoyed a great deal. Sort of yep. gothic uh, spacecraft, which was very Yeah, I cool.
0: didn't see the point of it, but I know you, you like it. I yeah. haven't watched it again, actually, since you said I that. Just I
1: just had think. a 4K re-release, actually, which has been very g- good reviews in terms of how good it looks. Because it does look, right. in terms of visuals, Event Horizon looks terrific. Right. Um, so, yeah, I enjoyed that.
0: The callbacks to that. Right. So, yeah, I enjoyed well, that might be something enjoyed That's enough. on Sky or something, isn't it? So I might have to get it's that on DVD. It's on Apple. DVD. Yeah, so oh, it'll Apple, be even on disc at some point, yeah. yeah. Even worse. At some point in the future. So the thing that I missed is that Brooklyn Nine-Nine came on Channel 4 and then went away again. Oh, that's annoying. Um, presumably they had very limited distribution rights. It'll be on Netflix at some point. Yeah, so I know I have to wait for it to eventually find its way onto Netflix. Yeah. The it's, other thing that we what, did, yeah. we went on holiday to Poland. Oh yes, how was that? Uh, really good, really good. I logged into the TV uh, on Netflix in the apartment and saw, oh, Mr. Robot. And we were like, oh, it must have come on to Netflix. So we watched an episode of Mr. Robot. That was on Prime, Mr. Robot, yeah. yeah. I was like, that's on Prime. Are we gonna... how, how come it's on Netflix? Came home and it's not on Netflix. And actually, it was only on Netflix in, in Poland. Poland. Right, OK. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't watch so we it, watched, Watched one episode of Mr. Robot. It's very good. I liked it. Yeah, I thought it's like the stereotypes are a bit silly, but um, again, the computer stuff very good.
1: Yeah, it's good, and and it's always me personally. I'm always always happy to see Christian Slater in anything because he's very engaging.
0: I mean, it's weird to see Christian Slater not on some horrific advert. Really, does he do?
1: Rubbishy adverts.
0: I didn't know he does those. Um, he does those adverts for one of the phone companies, and I can't even remember which. You're thinking ones, of Kevin Bacon, face. aren't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm mixing up Kevin Bacon with Christian. Kevin Stater.
1: Bacon flogs. Uh, what's the name of the phone company that was bought by? Yeah, BT? we don't care. Don't give them. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's not Christian. No, it's Kevin Bacon.
0: So, though yeah. so I, if I just completely mix them up,
1: yes. Okay. So bacon was bankrupt, that's why you had to do those ads. I'm
0: so sorry, yeah, I'm so sorry Kevin sorry bacon. christian I'm Slater. so sorry, christian Slater <laughs> i know I know you listen
1: yeah, well they're they're avid listeners.
0: It yeah. must have been a hard moment for both of you, I apologize.
1: <clears throat> I don't think I've got anything else actually i haven't We haven't started anything new um. Yeah. we're
0: struggling we're struggling to find stuff uh, one of the reasons we've been watching a lot of Kimmy Schmidt which is good is oh, that we did you tried... start watching Big Mouth no hmm. what's that did you recommend that to me I, I did yes
1: it's very good what's it on
0: Netflix uh, I totally forgot about that let me see if I can yeah. hammer that into my brain there you go Big Mouth think about the Smith song Big Hang on, it's an animation. You. Yes. No, that ain't going to fly. Also, you can't why not? Recommend What's wrong with animation? To my wife, it just doesn't work. Well, you'll have to watch it then.
1: Also, I recommend for you um, Bojack Horseman, which is
0: brilliant. Yeah, I tried watching Another that. Another animation. Didn't get it. Didn't get it. Right, okay. <laughs> uh,
1: well, that's all I got for tonight. Right. Have you got anything to plug? <laughs>
0: Uh, no, I'm uh, next this weekend. I'm going to Greenbelt Festival, which I'm excited about, and I will report back on. Yes, please do. Yes, um, that'd be excellent. So that should be fun. But that's not a plug. That's just that's, that's just, just a, a thing a, that's happening. What do you, what do they call it when you when you you mention something you're going to mention later? A pre plug. It's a it's a pre plug. <laughs> that's <laughs> I not what, they call what it, it is. <laughs> I've just called it that though. It's not really a flash forward. It's now
1: caught. Co- oh god, that was a that was a bad show. It's a call forward. Remember that flash forward? No, rubbish. Okay, <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was like okay, a one well, I mean,
1: concept it, show that just didn't stick the landing at all. all. Right, 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 right,
0: Well, I mean, we warned you, listener, that it was going to be uh, problematic this evening. I think it's been relatively relatively coherent, but I think it's been at this all right. Point, yeah, it's point. been all right. It's, yeah, it's crumbling fast.
1: It's crumbling yeah. around us. We should go now. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, actually, one thing—not uh-huh. uh-huh. not to plug, but just to talk about. Uh-huh. Um, so, film critic Mark Kermode does a two-hour show on Scala Radio, which is a classical radio station, mm-hmm. on Saturdays between one and three, in which he plays film music. Right, and that—if you're a like me, you love movies. It's fantastic.
0: Really, I've never understood
1: listening to film music outside of a film. Yeah, but when you when you hear individual tracks in isolation, it's it's quite thrilling. Well, it is for me okay. anyway. <laughs>
0: okay, well, I mean, we're putting that out there, listener. Yeah, do with it what you would like. Yeah, you do with it what you will. Yeah, but I'm recommending that. <laughs> cool. Thanks a lot, Andy. Thank you. Thanks, listener. See you next time.